0: Dave?
1: And today we had to discuss minute 82 of the Lost World. Dave, uh, continuing on from the London reveals um, from Toy Fair over there, uh, Factory Entertainment, which uh, do a lot of sort of prop rep- prop repli- oh god, <laughs> prop replicas <laughs> and uh, other such uh, collectibles like that, of uh, dipping their toe mm-hmm. into the Jurassic Line with um, Revolution Vinyls, anyway they're calling them, mm-hmm. which is sort of. Uh, their own version of pop vinyls, but maybe a little bit more detailed, or a lot more oh, detailed.
0: yeah, a lot more detailed. <laughs> they're like little. I think I what you'd call them is chibi characters. They're, they're the big. They got the big adorable head with the tiny little bodies.
1: Mm, almost like characters.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, a lot like characters.
1: Yeah. So we've got a um we've got a Doctor Grant here holding his flare, and uh, Ian Malcolm looking suave and sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs>
0: a little uh water uh with a little water cup at his feet yeah yeah
1: yeah. and um and a velociraptor as well
0: it's almost like a mix of the male and female i mean it's got the male tiger stripes but they don't extend all the way down
1: yeah it's also colored very much like the uh the chronicle babies um just that sort of that Mm -hmm. flat what would you call that? Like a tan, tan? Yeah, yeah, tan belly, and then the darker orange on top, or darker color on top. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I love the call back to the background too, of some of that Jurassic Park stationery that come out.
0: Back yeah, in,
1: back in the day of just the skeletons, the T Rex head, and everything all over it. Mhm. But uh, <coughs> yeah, the figures themselves—they almost seem like they'd be heads too, especially Malcolm.
0: Yeah, a little bit. Which interestingly there were a couple. Of, I, it wasn't Factory Entertainment. Or who was it? Maybe it was Factory Entertainment. Came out with these um, bobblehead uh, stuff. It was they had the Jeep, they had the T Rex, they had the Dilophosaurus, and they came to Jurassic Park Legacy for our help because they said that Universal was dissatisfied with what they're with uh, the shape. So we kind of helped them, but they didn't really follow our directions. <laughs> and so the body came out on the T-Rex came out looking like a macaroni noodle (laughs) (laughs) and it it was I mean the Jeep was about the only thing that I think actually but the original prototype to it was green so again going back to Universal and the love of green T-Rexes
1: yeah (laughs) I wonder if that might be a case of uh, if we get someone's input and follow (laughs) that we need to credit them or something Maybe. Yeah. But what? it's sort of, this this goes back to the Ironhead stuff as well. It's sort of, mm-hmm. it's a, they're representations of the characters. Um, and again, costuming-wise, and you sort of get the general idea, but Malcolm looks more like Agent Smith, <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> and um, oh, i seen a Crash comment.
0: has just this really, really intense glare on his face.
1: Yeah, but he's got some sort of the big puppy dog eyes with the little glint in them. It's just, it's, yeah. it's very weird.
0: Um, it is. Oh, yeah, here's the other Factory Entertainment toys at the bottom here as an advertisement. Factory Entertainment Jurassic Park oh, Picks. Oh, okay. At the bottom of the uh, uh, Jurassic Outpost ever, uh, article. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, they got the, T-Rex, the baby Velociraptor, the Jeep. Okay. And I, I, don't see the, um, I don't see the Dilophosaurus here, but that hmm. was produced as well.
1: Yeah, I've yeah I've I've seen I've these come up eBay, save searches. Um, of course, there's an explorer that's on sort of a rock rock base with the Jurassic mm-hmm. Park logo, um, which I've looked at getting at, at times at conventions. Here it's been around the hundred dollar mark, which is a little bit too much, just because the colors aren't really. Um, it's not accurate enough for me to spend a hundred dollars on. <laughs> if that's if that's enough. Yeah, it's
0: not really enough. cool. I mean, mm. I would like I would like to get it at some point.
1: Yeah. I wish they had a O four and 05 version, so you could get two and not have to customize the number on the back. Yeah, um, to put with your can of stuff. But
0: um, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, there's oh comp- wait,
0: there's more.
1: <laughs> yeah, well that's the um that's the little the little guys that are here. Um, mhm. And it's it's to fit in with the twenty fifth twenty uh, fifth anniversary of Jurassic Park. So mm-hmm. interesting they, again, like the uh, vinyls going with the Jurassic Park first up to sort of get fans in before they release uh, if they mm-hmm. release Fallen kingdom stuff but um, we've also got uh, oh re- retail and that's about twelve dollars so they they're about five or six dollars more than what the pop finals are going to be each which yeah I uh, <laughs> I bit the board and I pre-ordered a whole lot <laughs> last week um, one of our local st- uh, stores here is getting the uh, the exclusive denison Dilophosaurus mm-hmm. and the uh, Target exclusive Malcolm and I thought well if I'm getting them I might as well get the rest of them so thank you Pop Vinyls you have now sucked me in <laughs> hopefully that's yeah, the end of here.
0: it yeah. <laughs> don't was just a showroom something for the tourists 15 years ago John Hammond had a dream like John himself the dream was grand, it was outsized it was bold, it was impractical it was not to be Factor Entertainment, they look like they're also coming out with a little desk dandy thing of the Jurassic Park gates with the tour vehicles in front of it. It just says the gate's just about to open. Mm. And I really want that one. I mean, that looks really well done. Everything looks really accurate. And it's a little bit small to put numbering on the um, back of the car. If you look at uh, Pennywise, the, da- the clown uh, statue on the side, it looks like it's probably only about 6 to 8 inches tall. And and so the gate looks to be about I don't know five or six inches tall. Mm. It's not very big, but it looks it
1: looks like fun. Yeah, it's a good little something small to have on your desk at work or or whatever. Yeah, and since so you've got the photo frame beside too, you don't know if it's a large photo frame or not with something Back to the Future on it. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, the gate's just starting to open as the tour vehicle approaches. As you said, it's a very small car, so it doesn't even have the Jurassic Park logos on it, which is
0: Unfortunate,
1: yeah. being that small, I don't even think you'd be able to print your own logos. They'd be way too small to stick on there. But um, the representation, you know what it is. So. Um.
0: And last but not least, my favorite piece that I see here. <laughs> really. The a raptor claw bottle opener.
1: Hmm, about four inches long. Um. No, Six inches, me. Sorry, no. I was just. Oh, <laughs> that's the. Uh, oh. That's the. Revo figures above. Um, oh. Yeah, no, it's definitely in the person's hand, it sort of looks very similar to what uh, the claw Alan Grant had in the film.
0: I love that, I've always loved that claw, I've always wanted a proper replica of it, I know that there's one made, but I've had a hard time getting of it, the, probably the most accurate version of it, with the full indentation on both sides with the correct color, mm. and this looks pretty close. I mean, it's a bottle opener, so it's not completely 100% accurate, but...
1: That's only at the knuckle, with the knuckle, though. you got that little lip to grip the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of it looks pretty good. Yeah,
0: looks, good. looks
1: great. Yeah. I hope it's die-cast. It has that shine of metal. Yeah,
0: it does. And I really had some bottle open, so I'd imagine it would be metal. Plastic mm. would get brittle over time and eventually break.
1: Yeah. Yeah, especially how thin it is. Sort of. hmm um, But yeah, as you said, like I've always wanted the prop, a replica of that claw without sort of getting... You can get them... 3D printed online, but then you've got to paint them yourself and all that, and mm-hmm. me being as uh, creatively, or creative intolerant as I am, <laughs> not being able to do much creatively, it, uh, it's something I've never really got to, to do, but...
0: Mm-hmm. And it's... even then, a lot of the um, 3D prints that you can get, A, I don't have a 3D printer, and B, they're not that accurate, they're not as accurate as, they don't, as say, this bottle opener, mmm and so I've always wanted one that was accurate. I got one that's a pretty good representation made by one, made by a guy in Chicago who was selling them at my Comic-Con. And so that one's pretty good. It's not perfect, though. It's not this.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I remember in Jurassic World, there was one that came out, but it was like a big fat finger. It wasn't really a claw. Chris Pratt was playing around with it when he was in the uh, gift shop on some of the talk shows, um, mm. that I think was more a prop for that gift shop that we never actually got a f- got the release of it. But um, yeah, there's
0: a lot of uh, props and gift sh- and stuff for um, for Jurassic World that never actually got to be made as actual toys. They were like prototypes and stuff,
1: mm. which is a shame. I'd hope with the success, that I'd go back to them and say, well, how far into production was this or that, and can we make it now? But that was Hasbro, I suppose, so that ship sailed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. But no, again, like, on Tuesday we talked about some of the board games and some of the stuff for the younger younger collectors that's coming out, the puzzles and that, and uh, here we've got Factory Entertainment with more of the uh, collectors collectors in mind, and
0: I'm liking yeah. what I'm seeing again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't care how much it costs, I'm getting that battle opener. <laughs> <laughs> And the gate, if it stays looking like this, I will do, definitely be a definite pickup, too.
1: Yeah, yep. That's not the problem. What is? What
0: is the problem? Velociraptors. Speaking of final reveals, I just remember that Chronicles, um, the Velociraptor bust has started uh, shipping.
1: The female.
0: Yeah, the female. The male is now up in the air. I had no idea. Was yeah. Sad
1: idea. Yeah, well, that's one other thing too. Yeah, we learned that um, the male bus might not be getting done now, which that was if like I sort of decide not to go after babies, but if they uh, if they release that male, I was definitely going to put a pre order down mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. Um,
0: mm-hmm. But the female bus did sell out, so I'm kind of hoping that because it's sold out, that they will start producing the male bust.
1: Yeah, I haven't had a real close look at the sculpt. Is it just the paint, the different paint on it, or has it actually got different sculpting details on the male head compared to the female? No, it's, it's,
0: it's, the same, it's just the same as the female. It's just a different paint. It's same thing Stan Winston did. They just, Stan Winston didn't really change anything with the male sculpt on the gloss wrapper. They just kind of made the... Latex uh, skin uh, thinner for the for a more real and looser for a more realistic movement. Mhm.
1: They did they did what anyone following a budget done they just repainted. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, they have. I think Sam Winston says they have the same budget, but they have to t- create twice as many dinosaurs.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, there's only a ten million dollar extra. Um, budget-wise, between Jurassic Park and Lost World, sixty-five compared to seventy-five million. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and only over a three to four-year period, the uh, inflation would have changed a lot in that time. So,
0: mm-hmm. um, in the Winston effect, I believe um, John Rosengrand or one of them, says that yeah. it was. They said that it was like Universal exp- uh, assumed that just because they did it once, they could do it again and better and cheaper and faster. So they gave them like. <laughs> The same budget and like three quarter as much time to create twice as many dinosaur animatronics.
1: Yeah, <laughs> there would have been some long nights.
0: Hmm, I'm sure.
1: But as we've seen the uh, the outcome and the final product speaks for itself. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's some more collective stuff from London. Again, we got Toy Fair in New York coming up soon, so. We might. Most of this we'll probably re-see again. Hopefully, some more uh, some of the Mattel stuff will be seen as well, coming up in the next couple of weeks. But anything else on uh, anything else on that you want to talk about before we get to 82?
0: No, I think we're good. All right.
1: As we entered minute 81 of the Lost World, the female Tyrannosaur had joined the male in the attack, and was chasing the hunters up a small ravine. Carter had fallen over and was stepped on, dead. And as we end the minute, we had a shot of a warning label with veterinary tranquilizers covered in pine needles. As we start minute 82 of the Lost World, the lid to the containers open and we see four tranquilizer darts on a foam bed. Rowan grabs one of the darts and loads the tranquilizer rifle before grabbing a second in his teeth and walking up the creek bed towards the male Tyrannosaur, which is still sniffing around the ground where the tent was. At 81 minutes and 31 seconds, while standing behind a clump of grass, Rowan slowly rises and fires the weapon. We hear a whoosh and a whoop as the dart hits the Tyrannosaur. It lifts its head, looks directly at Roland, and roars. At 81 minutes and 40 seconds, Roland starts backing away down the stream bed and quickly reloads the tranquilizer rifle as the male Tyrannosaur starts to walk in his direction. At 81 minutes and 46 seconds, back with the hunters running up the ravine, Kelly trips over and falls to the ground. Nick bends over to help her to her feet, as the rest of the hunters run by. Now at the back of the group, with little chance of survival, they turn and run towards a small waterfall, hoping that there's room behind the flowing water to protect them from the Tyrannosaur. At 81 minutes and 54 seconds, Nick pushes Sarah and Kelly through the water and goes for himself, and they're closely followed by Burke. At 81 minutes and 56 seconds, the dark shadow of the Tyrannosaur's head can be seen through the water, and it bursts through, roaring. And as submitted ends, it thrashes its head left and right, growling, trying to snap at the people inside, but can't reach. We open straight up on where we'd ended off in '81 with uh, the tranquilizer dart box being opened, um, and we get uh, the second label, which is on the inner, inner box, which is. it gets a little weird. Um, again, it says um, warning veterinary tranquilizers contains concentrated nerve agent, use extreme mm-hmm. caution. And then in little words, or little letters on that, it's got, If ingested, consult Poison Control Center immediately. Do not induce vomiting. No known antidotes. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is a weird one. If there's no antidotes for what's in those darts, why are you firing them? Isn't that shoot to kill? Yeah. Um.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's like... these are, These are elephant tranquilizers, so they're made to take down animals of several tons, or if not more. Yeah. So, if, like, a human, like, a 190-pound man were to, uh, this, they're dead.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well.
0: It's not, there's not so much that it's deadly for anything, like, an elephant or larger. It's deadly for anything human and smaller.
1: Yeah, yeah. The fact that it says concentrated nerve agent, like, there's a lot of, a lot of punch <laughs> in that little, little vial.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which I suppose they're not little, because we uh, get that lid open up, and the torch swings across them, and uh, there's four very large darts inside, on a bit of foam, Um, Mm -hmm. and then we see... The gun
0: being used here is a big bore uh, tranquilizer gun, but they just kind of dressed it up to make it look beefier.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Uh, especially being air-powered, they haven't got a lot of range, so Mm -hmm. putting that massive um pretty much a sniper scope on top of it. Isn't mm-hmm. really isn't really necessary. But it does look like a it's a big gun.
0: Um Yeah, it does look beefy. Yep.
1: Yeah. I'm guessing it's the same prop they used earlier from um, on the snagger as well where the hunter shot the Pachycephalosaurus.
0: Um, I believe so. It's also I believe the same one that they used in um at the end when they trained yeah. the T Rex.
1: Yeah. Um but sort of Rowan picks up one of the darts and starts loading into the gun, and we—it's interesting here, as you said before, with the pine needles, um, the whole sort of things in this big pelican case that um, Rowan's loading the dart into the breech of it. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And it, just a nice little callback to it. they brought him with it. I'm pretty sure where we see him trekking across the screen um, back at the start of the their trek across the island, you actually see one of the hunters with a big pelican case on his back, so. Mm-hmm. A little bit of continuity there is sort of how this um, Trank gun got here. But, um... Mm-hmm. Also, you notice too they've got the Maxis Torch sitting on top of the box as well that Roland's put down. Or a Hunter's left there anyway. Um, and I just love the score here too. You get that real... The drums really intensify here as you sort of... Roland's doing his work mm-hmm. getting this thing ready to fire.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> but, um... We get this great view of the T-Rex at night, and I, I just always love this shot of the T-Rex because, I mean, that's like full-on Jurassic Park T-Rex. Yeah. You know? yep. I love T-Rex. If you can't
1: <laughs> <tell>. <laughs> yeah, and we did we did try to get Jay Jurassic back on the talk here too, but he's a bit busy at the moment, so we couldn't get schedules to line up. But, um, it's definitely yeah, it's definitely showing the animals in a good light here, even though it's a bit darker, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to see, because um, the male's still here, back at camp. Rolling um, around everything. Yeah, Roland sort of checks the rifle, and um, puts his, he's got a torch in his mouth, he puts it down on the dart box, and grabs another dart, and puts his mouth, and starts creeping up the, um, creeping up the stream bed, towards the mm-hmm. male. Um, and again, like the male's still got his head to the ground, sort of sniffing around here, maybe just sniffing where the hunters were sleeping.
0: Um, mm-hmm
1: and that sort of thing, and it's sort of growling sloughly. But,
0: um... Now, I've seen one um, kind of complaint about this one shot here, that Roland, being the big game hunter he is, why doesn't he have any cover when he's about to shoot here? Truth is, he does. I mean, if you look at it, he's got the log on the one side, he's got he's in front of a big giant rock, and then he's got the grasses that's also in front of him, so he's very camouflaged. And he only kind of stands up to get like a better shot of the T-Rex.
1: Yeah, well, it's sort of it's shot two, two separate ways. As he approaches, um, mm-hmm. we get him. You see he's he's not crawling, but he's sort of hunched down, slowly coming up behind a large clump of grass um, that mm-hmm. he's using for cover. And then, as he goes to fire, he sort of raises up above and fires. But as we sort of cut to behind him to show the Rex in camp, it's sort of he's out exposed in the open. So it's sort of just filmmaking the way they've shot it but um it's also interesting oh. does he know how how much of an impact one dart's going to have because he grabbed He's the second probably... one i think i'm guessing that's just in case he missed mm-hmm. um not... no but
0: the thing you can also see is that it's like a t-rex eye view of roland here in this shot from above
1: mm.
0: and then you can see the poles behind him rippling so you can see that the T Rex is actually coming towards him when he loads the second dart.
1: Oh yeah, yep, yep. He um, yeah, because he sort of raises up and fires, and um, we hear the hiss and we hear that whoop of the dart hitting its mark. Um, mm-hmm. There's no doubt he didn't. He missed. Um, and even the Rex sort of has that little instance where it feels it hit and uh, raises its head and just bellows at him, which is <laughs> fantastic. And uh, yeah, Roland starts walking backwards and he's walking backwards. You can you can hear that fud 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 as the Mm Tyrannosaurus approaching, and he's working as fast as he can to load that second dart, (laughs) which (laughs) is very very calm and patient and not uh, letting fear take in, turning and running and screaming off like the rest of the Hunters did, Mm
0: -hmm. which I probably would. (laughs) Yeah, really. Um, And I always thought that it was interesting that he chose, he purposely picked two darts. I always thought that, What Roland was trying to do here was because he couldn't shoot the T-Rex with his gun, he was going to overdose the T-Rex. And then, of course, Ludlow comes along later and is like, Oh, you got a T-Rex now. Cool. That's mine.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so it takes his trophy off him. Um,
0: Yeah, he does. And then he kind of rubs it in his face. He says, You got your trophy, but it's alive. And I'm going to take it from you.
1: Yeah, And, and (laughs) and everyone will pay to see it. Yeah. Which again, because Rowan said he didn't want to feed, just wanted the right to hunt one. And yeah. now, he's, now he's hunted one. And it's like, oh, you, uh-huh. you hunted it, but now we're going to make a lot of money off it.
0: Yeah.
1: And then just add insult, to injury again. There's a job in the park if you want it. Yeah, <laughs> no. Oh, well,
0: there's a job opening after all these people just got eaten. Would yeah. you like to get eaten too?
1: Yeah. <laughs> you want to do this on a daily basis? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. But that's uh that's coming up in a a little bit later. Um, yeah. But we uh, well, yeah. Um, yeah. We cut back to the hunters again running up the ravine as they approach a small waterfall. Um, Kelly trips and falls over, and again the hunters, being cowards, all sort of run around her and keep on running. No one helps, but uh, Nick sort of catches her mm-hmm. as it falls, and uh, helps helps her to the feet. Um, like one interesting thing here too, it's very quick and hard to see, but the uh, the the one hunter with the hat that we see later on um, yell at the leaping raptor sort of runs around beside Kelly here too. So we
0: mm-hmm.
1: get our first look at him because I can't recall seeing him anywhere else in the film yet. Um,
0: no, I don't think so either. So he might have been in the lineup when we saw them all rusting, but I don't. I'm not sure if that was him or just another one.
1: Yeah, I'd have to go back and have a look, but um. Uh, he, it stood yeah. out anyway, him running past, ignoring Kelly and running for his life. But uh, Nick pulls Kelly to her feet and they start running towards the waterfall um, with Burke close behind. Mm-hmm. Um, which is sort of, yeah, they see the waterfall. I'm surprised they sort of went there hoping that there was some sort of cavern behind it. Of course, mm-hmm. there is, but mm-hmm. it seems to be a bit of a last-ditch effort. Because they're at the back of the pack now, and they're going to be the first one the Tyrannosaur catches up to.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Now, in the script, uh, they give a little bit more explanation behind this. They say that um, that Nick notices a lint behind the um, waterfall that tells him that there is a crevice there, and that when Burke uh, follows them in, he, the T-Rex was about to move on, but Burke, uh, but she noticed Burke uh, go into the waterfall and followed him. Yeah. So Burke is kind of kind of the pain in the ass here. <laughs>
1: uh. But even as it's shot here too, like they pass through that vile water and find the space behind it,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: they don't they don't even get a moment here before the Rex head bursts through the water behind them. No. Um, mm. So I think they, she would have seen Nick and Nick and that run ahead of Burke as well, but sort of just. Seen a small group split off within sight, mm-hmm. within a range, and just sort of went after them, while the other hunters ran off. Um, I'm guessing. I'm guessing that's all. Of course, it's the same group we see in a moment run out into the grass. Um, odd, or it must suggest that that ravine then opens up to that grassy plain.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they don't climb yeah, out of it. So
0: it looks like it opens up into a forest first, though, because you can see a bunch of palm trees that they run out of.
1: Yeah, yep. But, uh, yeah, as, a, as this minute ends, um, the T-Rex head yeah, comes straight into the waterfall and it sort of roars and mm. starts snapping its jaws. Mm-hmm. Um, the head's just a little bit too big to get yeah, right in there.
0: We, we see a bit of the foam rock pop off behind the T-Rex's head.
1: <laughs> I did notice that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But yeah, this was actually the last thing they shot with this T-Rex animatronic. Yeah. Because Stan Winston was not sure if it would hold, if they could do this with the T-Rex animatronic. And so he basically begged Stan, uh, Steven Spielberg to wait for this to be the last thing that they shot with this animatronic.
1: Because mm.
0: he didn't want it breaking and then not having it for the rest of the film.
1: Yeah, the trouble they had with the in the especially in the breakout scene in Jurassic Park with all the rain... Um... Having the latex soak up the water and the the, the rig get heavy, um, mm-hmm. having it like having the mechanics finally tuned to be able to use it as animatronic, and then having all that extra weight, um, you see it during the film a couple of times where it gets heavy and it sort of shudders and gets a bit violent. Um, mm-hmm. And yes, now they're going to have it completely <laughs> with water running onto its yeah. head. It's only a short a short thing, and it's just what we see come up. The last thing they Done with it was to grab the stuntman and pull him out of the uh, mm-hmm. of the cre- of the little cavern here. Which uh, yes, they again like we've seen with um, Eddie earlier, they had sort of the teeth removed. So he had. I think it was actually the stuntman had his hand in and grabbing onto something inside the mouth. It wasn't the mouth actually gripping him, but still, yeah, to pull him out of the little
0: yeah. the castle.
1: Yeah, just so uh, it wouldn't dislocate his shoulder if it sort mm-hmm. of um if it talked or sort of moved one way or the other real fast but we'll get to see that in the ne- next minute mm. with uh, with Burke yep and, uh anything else on 82 you want to talk about before we get heavy for the week
0: yeah I think we're good Covered going right. pretty
1: well yep no worries all right guys let's get the hell out of here contact details are on the website the lostworldminute.com Feedback to the Lost World Minutes at gmail.com, Facebook, the Lost World Minutes, Twitter, at the Lost World Minute, and Instagram, the Lost World Minutes.
0: Easy to remember.
1: Yeah, yep, yeah, very easy to remember. Right. <laughs> uh, David, thank you for joining me for this recording. You're welcome. And uh, we'll be back. I've been Brad.
0: I'm Dave. And
1: uh, we'll talk to you all later.
0: Goodbye. Talk to you later. Bye. It is absolutely imperative